Talkers? Oh, the Sith Talkers. Um, they're in the back there, but you should know those guys, uh, they tend to get a little bit foul-mouthed sometimes, and they're not, you know, they're not for kids. Young Padawans, stuff like that. It's not stuff you, you really want a bunch of kids to be around, although sometimes they're pretty great. Uh, maybe I... Ah, what the hell, I'll give it a shot. No, I'll go back there, they're all right, they're all right, they're pretty tame. Ladies and gentlemen, rebel scum and loyal to the Empire, this is Sith Talk under the Clashing Sabers Network. I am your host, the Lord of Lore, Zach Chrisman. Sam could not be in today, but we have a special guest with us, Brandon from the Clashing Sabers podcast feed. How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Well, I mean, we finally uh, got to have you on solo because there's a lot of, you know, Time has been a little bit crazy, and you know things have been gotten have gotten really busy. But I've always wanted to just do like you know I've had Lindsay on, just me and her, and I've always wanted to have you on. But as far as like everything else goes, how you been, man? Like life stuff. You know, I'm good. It's just crazy time of year. You know, getting kids ready for testing and preparing for next year and everything like that. So I'm just you know focusing on the positive, and there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. Um, you know, just in terms of Star Wars content coming out. And I know I sent you a video of it, but I finally got my gym set up where it feels like an actual gym. I got So, you know, rocking and rolling. Can't complain. Yeah, because you guys just moved into your house less than a year ago, correct? Yeah, and so I... Brooke, uh, my wife, parks her car in there, and then I have the other half for my gym. And I had mats going for... It, it, we have like a... I'd say it's probably a 16-foot garage or whatever. It's like an average-sized garage. And I covered, like, a quarter of it with mats that I had taped down and stuff. But the uh, humidity and everything, they would started popping up and everything. So um, I found out that you should not use carpet tape on concrete because I had to manhandle all of those mats up and tear them apart to get them off to install the new mats that I got um, and the squat rack and everything. So... You know, I'm out there in the mornings. Uh, I got some Star Wars stuff out there. I actually have uh, the Ahsoka uh, Mandalorian posters. I got them framed, and those are out there. So you know, it's hard to it's hard to have a bad start to the day when you're hanging out with Ahsoka. Yeah, I um, I'm, I actually had seen your gym. It it does look really nice. I'm I'm just one of these days. I told myself, you know, I I think we're gonna be staying at our house that we're at for 
at least three or four more years and I think eventually we want to build and I know that I'm going to build like a total bat cave gym in a pole barn someday. I just know like that's where I'm going with it. So like I'm not I'm not even going to try and do a home gym because our garage is so small, but like I seen pictures of yours, it looks really really nice. I mean, it's it's uh it's it's really cool, but um aside from that, you know, there is, you know, I've been so busy that I don't I don't know, you usually read the total volumes of stuff when it comes out have you have you read any of the high republic comics i haven't they haven't i think the uh first run goes in or comes out uh august i think is what i looked at last time i have to really make sure i keep up with that because like the books once they announce them you know amazon puts them up and i'll pre-order them uh so i don't have to worry about it but the comics you can't pre-order the uh the volumes so, or what you can pre-order it, but you had to pre-order it for a hard copy, and I read those on Kindle, so I have to wait for that to come out. But uh, yeah, I'm hearing good things for the most part. I mean, I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about it, but those who are seem to be enjoying it for the most part. Yeah, see, I'm I'm about three issues deep, and I'm having a really good time. The problem is, you know, I think issue four came out with issue five very close. I'm I'm just, I've like just got done being so busy. There's so many things that I want to read right now. I haven't even gotten to the, uh, the Skywalker biography, like the total story of the Skywalkers yet at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know you're not reading it, but I'm still reading, uh, Victory's Price and I got it, uh, day or two before it came out and I'm still trying to get through it. And it's not, it's not a bad book. It's just when I'm reading Alexander Freed's books, it takes me longer just because he's his prose is very dense, um, and you have to really like you have to focus in um, on it. Whereas, and this is not a, a knock on anybody uh, or anything like that, but a, a Claudia Gray book or even Light of the Jedi, a Charles you know by Charles Sewell, I was able to get through those quicker just because of how they're written. They're just written, I guess. With a little bit more air and uh, not as much weight in every sentence, um, it's kind of like the the Revenge of the Sith novelization. You know, Matthew Stover puts so much in every single sentence that if you read it too quickly, you're gonna miss some good stuff. So, I'm trying to get through that, and then I've got I just got um, uh, the Thrawn book came in the mail today, so got to get that going, um, and hopefully it'll uh, it'll keep the little momentum that the first Thrawn uh, Ascendancy book had coming out. Um, Lindsay and I were lukewarm on that one, which is better than we normally are on Thrawn books. So I'm hoping that this one has a a solid follow-through on that. When it comes to Thrawn books, I think my favorite one, uh, no surprise, is Thrawn Alliances with Vader and Anakin. (sighs) See, that's the only... I mean, I actually... I really like the first one. And then I really liked the second one. And then after that, I, I remember me and Sam always talking about how excited they were going to bring back Banto. And then I felt like it just fell flat. And, you know, I, I think I had mentioned to you guys that I was starting Allegiance at one point. And to be honest with you, I got four hours in. And I'm not saying I won't ever revisit it. Um, it just hasn't really... Because I feel like they have to be so safe because they can't do anything too big because then that you know would imply that maybe these aliens 
from outside of the galaxy might come into Star Wars and people would question why these aren't in the movies if they're really a big threat. It just feels like you feel like I feel like I know that this is going to get wrapped up and I kind of don't know where Thrawn's really at. And half the time I don't really care anymore. I mean, I care live action. I care about the Rebels arc. And obviously, eventually, I think I'll get around to it. But it's just, it's so dry. Well, and, and this will get into, you know, some of the hot takes that we're going to give later on. Thrawn is not an interesting character uh, to me. And he gets the benefit of the doubt because of his place in Star Wars history. Um, he played a very important role in the history of Star Wars. You know, Heir to the Empire, like, you can't downplay how important that book was for keeping Star Wars alive and how important a character like Thrawn was. He was very novel uh, when we first got him, you know, and uh, through that trilogy remained a really interesting character. And uh, Timothy Zahn was able to go back in time and, you know, create a really interesting story with him in Outbound Flight. And... Um, I know there's a Hand of Thrawn duology that I haven't gotten to yet, but this, a lot of this uh, new Thrawn feels like a lot of just repeating of everything. So it's, I read the Thrawn books for everything except Thrawn. Like I kind of eye roll a little bit whenever Thrawn is, is on screen more or less. Um, but the relationship between Skywalker and the Momish is really interesting to me. Um, and the first book does something that Timothy Zahn excels at, which is world building. Uh, Heir to the Empire is far and above the best book of that trilogy. The next two don't even compare. Uh, the original Thrawn novel is far and away the best book. So I'm kind of in a weird place where like, okay, I know Timothy Zahn's really, really good at world building and he did a solid job of that in the first book, which is what excited me but I don't always love his follow through on it. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic about the second one. Um, I, I want to like Thrawn. That's the thing, you know, like I don't go into these like uh, Thrawn, like I don't want to, I don't want to like it. It's not like one of those things where it's like everybody likes Thrawn. I just, I come to Star Wars for the characters and the changes and the trials that they go through, and he doesn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. I told you for I, I'm gonna peel back the curtain. I told Brandon when I invited him on, you know, I said let's just have a casual conversation. He said, well, what are we gonna talk about? You know, Clashing Sabers always does an awesome job of coming up with really good heartfelt themes. You know, a lot of fun stuff like that. And you know, Sith talk. We get into the fun. We get into like the different. Um, you know, the nitty gritty, sometimes even like the film politics of all of this. But what I love the most is just these casual conversations. And I feel like you're so positive that I don't necessarily need to hear all of your negatives and I don't want it to be a negative type of thing, but I'd really like to know your hot takes because even just like this, it, it already sparks conversation and me and Sam have talked about we got years worth of stuff that we can keep talking about but it, I, I've always found it fun to get a different opinion that being said when it comes to Thrawn I tend to agree with you aside from 
I do I do like all of their the Empire series by far. I think each of them stacked on each other very very well. What's weird is when you talk about the implication of possibly Ahsoka going after Ezra, which means she's probably going to A, run into Thrawn, or B, find them two together. You know, who knows if they've been working for each other, or working together all these years to try and get back home. Who knows if Thrawn wants to get home. He is a step in that Ahsoka series. Or, I mean, it's very hinted that he's going there. And I find that so fascinating. Like, I cannot wait to see Thrawn one live action but two just based on the story that dave filoni has created for him it's so exciting exciting however i tend to agree with you when it comes to the world building and the books i think the thing that was special about book number one in the new canon was he's an alien in basically a empire full of you know xenophobes um and he kind of he out he outshined all of them and then the book the whole dynamic the second book the whole dynamic with vader and anakin and stuff like that i really like but after that it's like he's very smart his people are really cool but he can't do anything too big or too crazy because then it's felt then it would it's just too felt i don't i don't know like it's just not enough. Like, I, I think the only interesting things about Thrawn is the future in Star Wars and not really his, like, prequel past. Well, one, I do think his past could be interesting if you create failure, right? That's the biggest issue with Thrawn. And the more content we get with him, the more obvious this flaw in his character becomes. And not in his character, in terms of the actual character, rather, but his character development and how he's handled. He never is defeated. He never struggles, right? That's what made the the moment with Ezra so powerful, is he did fail there. But just in the, in general, the overall, you know, what we get of Thrawn, he doesn't fail. Even in this first book setting up the, you know, in the Ascendancy trilogy, he didn't fail. He didn't struggle. What happens is you get 250 pages of everybody going, what is this psychopath doing? Why would he do this? This makes no sense. And then you get 50 pages of him explaining what happened in the other 250 pages. It's like, why didn't you just, you know, do a better job of, you know, having him present the story to us we never get things from Thrawn's point of view we get other people viewing Thrawn and that's because Thrawn is not a well-rounded character you get Anakin points of view you get Luke points of view you get Rey points of view because they are interesting well-developed well-rounded characters Thrawn has a shtick he's a, he's he, he, if you're talking like wrestling terms you know like he's a solid mid-card guy he comes in, you know he's what moves. card guy. <laughs> he, you know what <laughs> no, moves he's gonna do. You know, like he can rock a house show or two, but he's not gonna be the one that you you stick your brand on. You know, and if you do, you're gonna get trash. You know, and people are gonna fall away. And so that's my biggest fear with Thrawn is if we don't get over this worship of him we're in trouble right and i mean we can look at you know look at luke skywalker 
Look at what happened when people spent 40 years worshiping Luke Skywalker, the legend, and then we get The Last Jedi and people hate it because they've built up this idea in their head of what Luke is supposed to be. Luke is some god and that's what Thrawn has become since, you know, heir to the Empire. So the the impact that these characters have is not being separated from the stories that are being told. And so as a result, there's things that you can't touch, you know, and that becomes dangerous. And that's more or less, you know, one thing that one stark difference between, you know, J.J. Abrams storytelling and Ryan Johnson's storytelling, you know, is J.J more or less played it safe he stuck with what people expected whereas ryan said here's what you expect and yes i'm going to give it to you but i'm also going to use it to throw you off and misdirect you and lead you to really question the preconceived notions you had so i'm hoping that this next book in the thrawn trilogy this, this ascendancy trilogy does that you know, it's the second in a trilogy. It's the second act. This is where you have your character fail. If I get to the end of this book and Thrawn is victorious again, like I'm going to be legitimately upset because it's just a sign that they're not being they're not willing to keep the character and the hero worship separate, right? Like I you you know, everybody knows. If you listen to this podcast, any of these podcasts if you've followed me for even a second you know how much i love ahsoka right but if ahsoka you like ahsoka yeah yeah she's okay um but part of and actually one of the main reasons i love ahsoka is because she fails and she has to learn from that and grow from that and she doesn't you know people you know complain about you know mary sue's and things like that and use these terms in ways that they don't even what they don't even really mean but if we take the connotation that people have of mary sue thrawn is like he he is he he wins everything he's smarter than everybody in the room and to me that's just not interesting man you're 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 definitely not wrong on that um you know and and where i'm at with thrawn right now is i know he's gonna be in the ahsoka series um like it's it's pretty much like 95% this is going to happen. I mean, it's a matter of when, but I prefer to kind of let Dave Filoni's arc continue and I I don't really care to revisit. And and this seems like a crazy thing, you know. But Zach, you have a Star Wars podcast. Should not you check out everything? You know what? That's the greatest thing about Star Wars right now with this Disney Disney can Disney canon is there's a pocket for everyone and you know, for a long time I really felt like I wasn't being heard as a fan because of the Jedi stuff. And this whole High Republic stuff has really, like, kind of helped me out. And I'm not saying, like, if it's a Starfighter thing. I just don't happen to dig Alphabet Squadron. I, I read the first two books. I didn't like it. I read the first three Thrawn books. And by the end of it, I was pretty okay. But I just didn't get around to it. And that's I think that's the best thing about being a Star Wars fan is there's not going to be, like, everything just for you and and for me when it comes to Thrawn I'm at the point where I'd really just like to save him for this Ahsoka series because you are right he really is 
a Mary Sue. Now, there's one thing that I really that I really like that you said about Ahsoka and failure, and something that maybe Luke failed to recognize before the Last Jedi is failure. You know, it doesn't have a lot yeah. to do with hot takes and stuff like that, but you know, it's just kind of the theme. It's kind of the theme that like failure is the thing that nobody wants to admit in a social media age. Nobody wants to talk about their failures, but arguably the people that succeed more in life are the people that actually learned from those failures. And it also reflects in Star Wars as well. Um, well I mean, quite frankly, and I'm not trying to like call anybody out or, or anything like that, but to I think a lot of the people that, you know, want these characters to stay the same and complain whenever they, you know, go through Brandon, this is Sith talk. Call them out. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They, it's a matter of not being willing to face your own insecurities, you know? Like, that's the the thing about stories is they're supposed to challenge us and supposed to make us question, you know, who we are, who we're becoming, who we've been, but also, like, the world around us and everything like that. And so... If you have, you know, Luke, you know, JJ said it really well when writing The Force Awakens, he, you know, said every time we brought Luke in, he just had to take over. Like there's no, we couldn't bring him in in a way that served the story. And, you know, with regards to the, the thing you were saying about failure, I, I mean, it's so ingrained in our society that like every year my students just expect me to hold their hand and guide them through everything. And I, I, I use a method called pr- productive struggle, right? I set them up to fail. I set them up to fail. I know when it's going to happen. And because of that, they become better. And at this point in the year, a lot of what I'm doing now is just cleanup, you know, helping them figure out last little things that they didn't get or whatever. But you know, the reason that I have students, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because there's so many great teachers out here that out, you know, in the world that do this. It's not like I'm doing something that's, you know, so far and above wild or anything like that. But we, the, the societal standard against failure stops these kids from being willing to make mistakes, right? And so if we continue to do that, it's going to permeate the culture and we're going to get these video game stories where everybody just you know for lack of a better term just kicks ass you know like oh we're just gonna show up we're gonna kick everybody's ass and we're gonna leave like okay that was you know cool in 1990 when stone cold steve austin was doing it but after that like it's time to move on and grow up and realize that like people struggle with things and people overcome things and you know that's honestly one of the things i'm most excited about for bad batch and uh, you know, we're going to record uh, a couple days from now. We're going to record Drew and I talking about Bad Batch. And uh, I'm really excited about the, you know, identity struggle and the PTSD and the, like, all of these things that these clones are going to be going through um, that we're going to be dealing with. Like, I want more stories like that. That's what made Kylo Ren so goddamn interesting. Yeah, I you know. it. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I, I love I love those points um, because, honestly, a lot of people... We were talking about my band uh, the other day, and, you know, 
obviously if you're out there local music scene i'm just gonna say it i don't really care um a lot of people treated us like we were the biggest thing that showed up on the scene you know like when we we had done smaller records like we had done an ep we recorded at a in a shitty garage band kind of recording released it and like 20 people showed up you know and then after high school we decided to get serious about it we got a good producer and we were just really hard on each other um not not like in a negative terrible way but if things weren't good enough we told each other this isn't cutting it this isn't good enough and we were open and honest about what our what we lacked our failures or what we missed and we had to keep growing and keep refining what we were doing me as a vocalist you know at 15 wanting to do like metal screaming but like singing but like i did a gospel background so like i told everybody i could scream but i didn't know anything about it and i didn't know anything about the metalcore stuff but i loved it I had so much to learn and the only reason I got as good as I did was because I had people that would show me my failure and I had to learn very quickly um, how to be honest with yourself and when we were kind of like when me and a couple past members were talking about our formula and the people that we had seen kind of keep playing music in the music industry around here you know it's like I, I told them I was like you know everybody's acting like everybody's acting like um, what we did was like this crazy thing but like all we really did was we paid someone for a good product to like record us well and we actually learned from our failures instead of just saying okay this is cool no yep that's great that's good no like we actually told each other this is not good and so when it comes to characters like Ahsoka when it comes to stuff like um, Obi-Wan is a huge thing. I mean, Obi-Wan is so big to me because of the constant reminder of failure. I think failure is the most important thing to learn. And I think with this social media new world, all we see is pictures. All we see is goals achieved by people on Instagram or, you know, the best highlights of people's life we don't normally see failure anymore and it's kind of created this this weird tape this plumber's tape over the holes in our foundation and i think that's the best thing about star wars ptsd when it comes to bad batch i mean there there's so many issues and i think star wars is best when it faces them and i think that's why i like luke skywalker the last jedi now if you gave me a version where luke got the lightsaber and said hey ray you know my initial thoughts um and he said hey ray i'm gonna train you everything and be the most powerful most ba jedi ever Ooh, we're um, gonna we're gonna come back to that concept like in a minute, but i'm i'm like i'm probably like buckled in for that you know but what we got from ryan and admitting failure that yoda quote at the end of the last jedi is so powerful failure yes failure you know um yeah it's it's everything and you know you mentioned power right and i think that when it comes to star wars that's uh, the more or less the root issue is we talk way too much about 
power and powers, you know? Like, the whole conversation around Rey is about, oh, how did she get these powers? Oh, is she more powerful than Luke, you know? Uh, is Ahsoka the most powerful? Like, we hear this these words thrown around, and I'm fine. Let me let me preface this by saying I'm fine with people bringing their own perspectives and their own interpretation into the story. Like that's why I named this thing that we do clashing sabers. Like that's the whole point. That said, you have to have it backed up by the text, right? And the text tells us Yoda lays it out in Empire Strikes Back, right? Luke throws away his lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. Luke reinforces the idea in Last Jedi that power is not important, right? You don't define a Jedi, right? Which, given the context that we have, those are the ideal heroes. You don't define them by how much power they have because you look at the characters that have amassed power and Palpatine is the worst. Darth Vader is miserable. Kylo's miserable. You know, like, it's just, you think about what the two, and, and I mean, I know I always come back to this, but it's so important. The two greatest acts of Luke Skywalker, okay? Blowing up the Death Star was awesome. Not his most important thing, because it didn't really, at the end of the day, it didn't really do much, you know? The Empire was still around. Um, it started it started the important things right but it was just the starting point and he wasn't a jedi then if you look at the two most important things he did as a jedi throwing away his lightsaber in front of the epitome of evil willingly laying his life down not to save somebody but just to show somebody love okay and then you take that to another level and he wins a battle by one, never touching lightsabers, two, never throwing even one strike, and three, he was fucking meditating on another planet. Yeah, he won pretty- by meditating, and you're telling me that it's about power. Right. Right? Like, yes, I get that that is a cool ability for him to have, but it, that is not about the power. It's about the the intention, the motivation, the heart, right? And we get these stories, and we get stories like Force Unleashed, and you're going to hate me, even Knights of the Old Republic, okay? These video game stories that, based on the nature of what video games are, you have to develop these powers. You have to create more. You need to create more powerful things for people to do, because a lot of video game is wish fulfillment. I get that. I'm not mad about it. I think that there's, um, you know, a lot of good stuff in Knights of the Old Republic, the parts that I've explored. I think that, you know, the Force Unleashed has has its place in, in Star Wars. The but, Force Unleashed is, like, literally just m- murder fantasy, though, for, for stormtroopers. I mean, I mean it's is good, but it, it, I, it, it's more getting to your point for sure oh yeah it's like the the epitome of it and like i don't think that's always necessarily a bad thing right like i know terrace kasi is a like not the best video game but i love terrace kasi just because it's really cool to like you know joke around about luke beating up chewbacca right um 
and also the way that the announcer says some of the names is highly inappropriate. Uh, but like those video games, just they depend on powers and fulfillment, right? Like even think about think about any other you know action adventure game that you have. You know your Call of Duties, your you know Medal of Honor, like. As you go, you get better and better weapons. You get better and better, you know, aim or whatever it may be. You know, like you think about sports games and, you know, the farther you go, the better you do, you know, the stronger they get, the faster they get. Like it's wish fulfillment. And I'm, I'm not mad about that. You know? So I got I got because, you know, I, I have to interrupt you then because you're you're talking about stuff like this. And I'm not saying that I'll I'll tell my opinion. So how do you feel about Ray then? Saying everything that you've said right now, how do you feel with regards to, and I'm not giving my opinion yet, um, with regards to how powerful she gets by the end of these films without the little training, is she on that star killer side or is she, you know, is it her willpower? But she's not that powerful in regards to like abilities, like her, I guess the the highest power, I guess if you're like ranking them, that she has is what she does with with force healing, which apparently is tied to you know the dyad. So that's something that she was given. Uh, you know, that's a talent that she had, and so therefore she has this other talent that she learns to read not by going out and you know beating up people, but by you know she, she learns by reading. Um, I don't, I don't understand the people that say she has all of these great powers because if even if you look at when she defeats Palpatine, I mean, she does what Obi-Wan did to Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. Like, she just, you know, shot, you know, the, the lightning back, you know? Like, she wins with defense. She lifts a bunch of rocks but is that really that impressive when we've seen all these other things that jedi can do no i the only reason i ask that is to further defend your already stated argument um that's not a question to like i think that because everybody would always say ray is a mary sue and i'm like okay how the fuck so like she's clearly gifted, but she's also got a willpower to do what's right. She uses her emotions to her advantage. She's got a little bit of Mace Windu in her. She has this natural um, focus to herself. To to me, when it comes to Ray, her power is much like Mace Windu. I've always compared that with her emotions. She's very okay to navigate her emotions. A lot of people can fall to the dark side by giving too much into their emotions that they suppress and ignore she is very aware of how she feels and why she feels that way and that power actually channels her to have this gifted ability plus you know when it comes to Ray. I think it's willpower and I think when you look at failure and Mary Sue's and stuff like that. I think one of the coolest things of the old canon, which is no longer really established about Obi-Wan was Obi-Wan was not the most gifted. And if you look at even in the canon right now, the way he carries himself, he doesn't carry himself much like Anakin brash, 
You know, like he knows he's the shit. He does not. He carries himself as a student, student of the craft. Which, speaking of Mary Sue's, Anakin. Little bit. Little you know, bit. like, if, if no, you're not wrong. You're if not we're going to attack Ray on, no, I mean, not us, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, if people are going to attack Ray, you've got to be fair across. Your but judgment. I think with Anakin's narrative, it's a little bit different because it is, he is a Mary Sue. And that's what ultimately leads him to his mm-hmm. downfall, yeah. you know, which is 100%. which is also adding to our conversation about failure. Anakin is the Instagram top story of what it's like to live in the Star Wars universe. Like there, there isn't a hollow news net in the books that I know of that are writing papers about Anakin. But, you know, in that universe, Anakin Skywalker was a, a celebrity, be one of the most talked about names in the galaxy and see a huge war hero well i think bloodline mentions his war effort a little bit um and the revenge of the sith novel uh makes it pretty clear that you know kenobi and skywalker were names that were known across the galaxy and well i was gonna say they came out when the first the the new canon started and said very clearly that any parts of the movie novelizations that do not directly contradict what happens on screen are canon. Right. So it doesn't, to me, we got a lot of Clone Wars, but we never got anything that directly contradicted that these were two, you know. But I think think to add to your point that Anakin was always supposed to be Mm -hmm. a Mary Sue because he's went through things. To be fair, he has went through a lot of things. It's not like he's a superficial, like, Chechia betcha from uh, fairly odd parents, like clean hair, just like super positive all the time. He's been through some shit for sure, but he's been way gifted, and so he only looks at power like it's completely feasible. So, like, the way Anakin looks at getting stronger is the way that, like, uh, a weightlifting steroid abuser looks at it it's like i want to bench 350 pounds in two months and eh, i gotta try a little bit gotta juice up a little bit gotta do this a little bit and i'll get there as opposed to a natural bodybuilder like obi-wan would be a natural jedi you know not really like this mary sue but willpower type of person you know if you're benching 225 and you want to get to 250 guys that's gonna take like a couple months of some really hard work to even get 25 pounds uh, but the drive is there Anakin's just had this natural gifted ability and I think that's important to have these Mary Sue's as well to remind you of the willpower within because I think there's a lot of people out there that relate with Obi-Wan so much is because of that reminder of failure what do you do with a guy who's lost everyone and still keeps fighting. That is true inspiration. Well, and, you know, I always go back to, you know, what Dave Filoni said about Bruce Lee and how, you know, there are a lot of people who have the physical, you know, talents of Bruce Lee, but it was the hours and hours he put in of honing his craft that really took him to the upper echelons, right? You look at people like, you know, uh, LeBron James, who is just an absolute monster of a man. Brock Lesnar is an absolute monster of a man. And you you think about, you know, okay, yeah, they're good, but they're putting in 10,000 hours, right? And for me, like, 
I'm a naturally, I'm a natural teacher. Like I just always have been, I've always been trying to help, you know, show people how to do things and make people's lives better and stuff. It's just something that, you know, I've always been drawn to, right? When I started teaching, I was at a pretty, you know, a decent school and you know, they, they gave me critiques and everything, but it was, there was a lot of like, man, you're really good. You're, you're going to do great things and stuff like that. I got a little bit of a big head. Then we moved and I went to a new district and went to an absolute dumpster fire of a school with a lot of the ego of I'm doing this my way. And I had, you know, some good things that I did. There were some positives. I'm more or less Anakin during the Clone Wars there. There's a lot of good that I'm doing, but I also wasn't willing to listen to certain people that I maybe should have, even if it was just to go like, this is something that doesn't make sense, so I'm going to explore myself more and figure out why they got this, you know, conclusion or whatever it may be, right? Then I go to one of the elite schools in the country, and I have people who are really good, like next level and I'm in an p- environment where if you don't step your game up, you don't get to stay. And it wasn't like a nasty thing. It was a great environment, but you had to have a need to be the best at what you do. And I became a really good teacher. And I come now to the school that I'm at now, and there's a, there's so much stuff there that I get feedback on that they're impressed with that they you know are asking me to help other teachers and stuff like that and that's be all of that centers around that year that I was at a terrible school that is the most important year in my career as a teacher because I realized everything that I didn't want I realized everything that took away from I realized everything that I was failing at because it was there was so much around me that I had to self-analyze and figure out, okay, I can only control myself. And that's what Ray does, that Anakin doesn't. Ray self-analyzes and she says, okay, this is what I need to get to, and this is the these are the things about me that are stopping me. Right? Anakin says this is the thing I need to get to, so let me blow up all these obstacles that are in my way. Again, this is not a knock on Anakin. I fucking love Anakin Skywalker. For One of my sure. favorite characters. For sure. That's Absolutely. what his character's supposed to be. But in the context. Right. And when he amasses power, right, Vader is more powerful than Anakin was in both terms of status and ability, right? You, you, you know what's super funny about all that when you talk about that? Um, you know, you're teaching and everything. I get asked the question by a lot of my friends that I went to high school with, why do you work out so much? Why why do you do that? And, you know, there's there's a lot of different reasons why I do that. I love the Bruce Wayne mentality of, like, being your best, you know, humanly possible mentally and physical peak that you can possibly get to but you know a lot of it is I wasn't athletic in in, at all in middle school like I was the guy that sucked really bad at all sports and I wasn't athletic at all and I think part of me part of me does it because I always feel 
like I have something to prove because not that I have to prove it to those people or anything because I don't um, I don't have to prove that but to myself because I never was this kid that was really good at football like I always got made fun of because I was so bad at basketball but to be fair I was rolling up in the Vince Carter Raptors jersey with a headband on like walking in like I'm gonna do shit today but I think half the That's reason right. is I that was, uh, I was playing with my back to the basket like Tim Duncan when I was four foot three. Oh so. man, dude! Like like third grade, <laughs> I remember I had a third grade girlfriend, and I was swinging those Walmart lightsabers outside, just like pretending I was fighting droids. And I remember her mom honks, and I just tucked the lightsaber behind my back. You could clearly see it, and I waved, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So like, I was always the the not athletic kind of like super star wars nerdy guy and it's just i think it's like an internal thing to me on on just one level because there's so many reasons why i do this but it's also to prove like you know you can you can do anything if you really try like maybe not be nba but like you can really push yourself to your mental and physical peak and a lot of people don't have that drive and i think that's why ray is ray ahsoka is ahsoka there's this this drive like even if you want to say that the rock is genetically gifted that guy is the highest paid actor in hollywood right now and has one of the best physiques you know one because he is genetically gifted and you know he's probably taking hrt but two he is the hardest working dude ever like it's the hardest workers in the room and it's such a shitty tagline because every hillbilly in indiana wears these rock shirts and thinks that it makes them better workers. Um, but it's so true. It's these well, hardest workers. I, I wouldn't even say it's the hardest workers. Like, I, I really caution saying, like, I get the, the concept between or, or around that, right? But a lot of people misconstrue that and misapply that. And they just keep doing the same thing that they're doing. With but blunt they, force. Exactly. Or yeah. they do it more. So I always tell my kids when, you know, they be like, oh, well, I just need to work harder. And I look at them and I go, I could try to run through that wall 10,000 times as hard as I want to. And I'm not getting through that wall. If I open the door, I'm going to get through the wall. Right. And I think right. that's what Ray does. She and, and she realizes that she's running into a wall and she's been running into a wall. That's essentially what she's doing on Jakku. And so she she is able to pivot, and she's able to say, "Okay, this is not working for me." Now, she tries she's able to bypass the compressor. Exactly. <laughs> um, and she, she, you know, eventually finds the door, you know, more or less. And you know, the the thing that like I reflect on a lot now that I'm in a point in my career where I'm now the one who is teaching instead of learning you know well i shouldn't say instead of learning but I, you know i'm i'm teaching other people other people are coming to me for advice and stuff like that and you know even when like my principal says like you're just you're doing an amazing job like we love all this stuff whatever you know it's not even like i'm not even like yay for me it always goes back to like i, I just i had the fortune of having really good mentors who really cared because they saw that i cared they cared about me and so they put that time into it. So for, to me, I'm not even doing anything special because what I'm doing is just mimicking exactly what they told me to do. You know, like I don't know all the theory behind it. 
I don't know, you know, but I have the concepts and I take the time to apply them in the right way, you know? And that is what makes me somebody who has been successful in my career. And I feel like I'm fu- fucking patting myself on the back all the time. I, I forget that I can say fuck on here. Um, <laughs> and, but like... No children. <laughs> it's not It's not anything about me. Cause like, I really don't care about, you know, my own accolades or accomplishments. I legitimately don't, it's not interesting to me. But, but you know when you're hot, you know when you're running in the right. zone, and you know you know that you've went through immense failure to get to this point, and you appreciate you appreciate your success based on the failures that you had to learn to get you here. There's lessons that you have to learn to get you here, and you and I, you know, based on what you're saying, it seems like you're super thankful oh, for the hard lessons. And that's that's Ray at the end of Rise of Skywalker, right? Like, there's. There's we have talked ad nauseum that there are a lot of problems about Rise of Skywalker. There's no Amen doubt about that. that. But that is the lesson of Rey at the end of Rise of Skywalker. In she has faced her failures. She's trusted her mentors, but she's also made it her own, you know? Like that's something important too. She's taken this, you know, these lessons and she's made it her own. She's applied it to her own life and her own reality and her own circumstances. And to me, you know, that moment of her on Tatooine burying the lightsabers and looking over at Luke and Leia, like that's a moment of gratitude of like paying respect to where you've, you know, where you've come from and the fact that people have been behind you and supported you and the, the long journey that you come on, you know, you have Tatooine being a desert planet kind of reflecting Jakku and stuff like that. That to me is the story there, you know, is she but doesn't, is, I agree with you. And I will say that even just you talking about that made me really pinpoint what I don't like about the rise of Skywalker. Um, you just even talking made me realize I have zero problem with our main characters, meaning Ray, Poe, Finn, um, Leia, Luke, Han, Kylo, especially Kylo, I have a problem with the plot, not the characters, because everything yeah. you're saying about Ray is is very, very true. Um, the only problem, I guess, the only problem I have with Ray is, well, that's plot though. That's not Ray's character. Ray couldn't help that she was a Palpatine and then a Skywalker. That's a problem that I have. Um, the, the writing was trash. The listen, here's the thing. Great. I woke up. I almost sent you this article um, because the Star Wars visualization, visual, vis. Jesus, it's been a long day. <laughs> wow, visualization. Um, You've had book uh, came out one too many blue milks over here i wish i did i i actually i'm going there in two weeks um to galaxy's edge in florida i wish i had blue milk right now um but it like basically explained the sith um the sith executors i think they were called which Mm -hmm. is the big crowd of people that were surrounding palpatine and basically this title had explained the entire plot of how Palpatine came back and I was just like, oh my gosh, I roll. They're trying to correct this shit in a Star Wars visualization book. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? I'm hearing this through a freaking visualization book. Oh my God. But when it comes to Ray, 
she can't help who her parents are. That's obviously part of her arc. Um, but she does fall into her own. And I think Kylo is very good of an opposite to her because he cracks under pressure. And I feel both ends of that. Um, being a son who is working with his father and the, the success of my father, um, I've had a lot to learn and it's been a lot of failure that I've had to learn to get me to it. And now I'm at the point where again, like you, I'm not bragging, but I'm in charge of a $4 million house, like painting a $4 million house that's made us more money than it ever has with almost low profit, or I mean with almost low problems, there's zero to no problems, and up in that location, I'm running two to three other jobs. I'm running an entire branch right now to the point where we are so busy with this branch that I am basically running the company half the time. And there is no way in hell, I think about it like, I think about all the houses I've done, massive houses that I thought were big at the time that weren't really now, and the only reason I get successful with a $4 million house, 14,000 square foot of beautiful liability, and go through it with absolute no problems is from all of my failures. I've gotten paint on floors. I've spilt paint on carpet before when I was 22. I've made the hard mistakes and I've had to learn the hard way. But I also get that pressure that Kylo Ren's under too because you're constantly trying to live up to the old man and the old man now sees me as his future and I know that I'm getting there. Um, but yeah. that success is tough. And it, you know, it, it, there's so much that goes into it and stuff. And it, a lot of it is circumstance, you know, for sure. And there's barriers and things like that, which is why I don't like saying like hard work because, you know, again, you don't just want to brute force it. That's what, that's what Kylo does, you know, and here, this will lead into. He's the opposite of cracking under pressure. Well, and, and this will lead into like one final like topic before we close down when he stops trying to brute force things as Kylo Ren and accepts his failures and adds nuance to his behavior as Ben Solo, that's when he gets redeemed. And that's why Ben Solo is still alive because he starts to understand the nuance of the force. And that's why he lives on in Ray. That's a hot take for you right there. <laughs> you close out with a hot take are you kidding me that's that's like a whole episode type type of thing right there um yeah and i think i remember when we had you on before rise of skywalker you said ben is gonna get redeemed and i was like no fuck you he's gonna go out being evil as shit and it's gonna be glorious and you're like well we'll talk about it zach and i'll be honest I didn't want that, but that is the best part about that movie was him coming to terms with him being who he is because I've had that same conversation with my dad. It's so hard working with family, and we're in a really good place right now. We are peers at this point. 
I finally see that true respect in my dad's eyes when I work with him. He sees that I truly am the future of this company. And that has been so much work to work towards. You don't even believe it. The way things have been the last four months, ever since I've taken on this job, it has been night and day. Like when you earn your father's respect, it feels great. So when they have that, but that pressure is terrible. And so when Ben is talking to his dad, that hit me hard. How could you be Han Solo's son, Darth Vader's grandson, and Luke Skywalker's nephew? The pressure. I feel oh, that God, because yeah. I've been there, man. Like everywhere I went, I was the boss's son. And most of the times, this sounds terrible, but it's true. Most of the time, the boss's son just shows up to collect a paycheck and everybody knows it. Yeah. I actually had to really work for where I'm at. And well, so and- I get that, man. And I and I think you know if you asked your dad, he probably would say he respected you before it even started. And you never had to earn that, right? It's a it's a perception thing, you know. Um, and Ben has this perception, you know, being the son of you know Han and Leia and the Padawan of Luke and you know the heir apparent to Darth Vader and everything like that. He has all these you know weights on him that he instead of you know doing what you did which was you know put your head in the dirt and you know eat some he goes the as yoda puts it the the easy route you know um and he tries to okay well if they're gonna put me in this box of i need to be this thing then i'm gonna be what my family was i'm just gonna be what darth vader was you know and Han, when he walks out on that platform on in uh, The Force Awakens, absolutely knows he's going to die. There's a, I have no doubt in my mind that he knew exactly what was about to happen. And he touches his son's face with love and admiration after he's stabbed him through the heart. Right? And his memory is so strong and the love he had for his son is so strong that that is what manifests at the moment of redemption for Kylo, for Ben. When he learns that it was never about the legacy, it was about the love and the relationship. Because I, I, I would bet, I don't even, I don't know your dad, I don't know y'all's relationship, but I would bet my life on the fact that if something were to happen where you started going down the wrong path and it became the business versus your life that's not a choice you know for like, sure you know and, and that's and, been conversations that we've had yeah and and that's you know where you know that really does and i and i think that hits home for a lot of people because whether it's your dad or your mom or your mentor or whoever like we all are trying to live up to these things. And that's one of the things about Ahsoka that's so powerful is when she realizes that the only way that she can be successful is to become this thing, this ideal in the order to live up to what a Jedi should be. That's when she walks away because all of that fails her. And she goes and she finds another way. And that's what made Luke Skywalker great. 
And I think we're going to get a lot more content with Rey post, you know, Rise of Skywalker. I don't think they put a good punctuation on the galaxy. They did a good job with, with her story. Um, but as far as the galaxy is concerned, I still think there's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, and then, you know, Ben Solo coming back and everything like that. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to get to see the other side of, okay, once you realize that it's not about living up to, but it's about living in concert with, what does that look like? And to go, you know, back to our, our conversation about power, I don't think we really ever got that with, with Luke in, in the EU, you know, because he became more or less a god. We didn't get to see that nuance of, like, character development because everybody wanted to see, and I get it, everybody wanted to see what a badass Jedi could really do, and we didn't really get that in, in the original trilogy, right? We didn't get prequel Jedis. We didn't even get, you know, Jedis like the High Republic who have these cool things that they can do. I get it, but, you know... Star Wars is about the characters. It's about their struggle. It's about their journey. And so I think we have an opportunity now to, you know, take this character in Rey who doesn't have the hero worship status of a Luke Skywalker or a Han Solo or Leia and do something really special with her post Rise of Skywalker where we create a very different narrative about what really makes a hero. And we reinforce those ideas of you know, that we've been talking about of taking your failures, of growing from them, of appreciating your mentors, but not being stuck in the way that they do things. If we got stuck in the way that our mentors do things, Luke would have killed Vader in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. So, guys, I, dude, I'm going to cut it off right there because that was a beautiful monologue. Guys, that will do it. For Sith Talk on the Clashing Sabers Podcast Network, Brandon, uh, I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. So I think at I think next week or next time we do our show, I think you need to come on and 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 have some more conversations with me and Sammy B when you can, um, because I'm telling you, man, like the way you can pull some depth out of Star Wars, it's definitely something that I feel, but. I really kind of need this conversation when it came to Star Wars, so I'm really thankful you came on. Oh man, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. I mean, I still All have right. three pages of notes, but you know, whatever. Uh, no, no, <laughs> we're gonna get to those later episodes. Uh, it, let it, you're the man, so why don't you plug some Clashing Sabers stuff? Yeah, you guys know where to find us. Uh, Clashing Sabers on Twitter uh, and Instagram, and then we have our Facebook group that's always a lot of fun, which is Clashing Sabers Star Wars, or excuse me, Star Wars Clashing Sabers. Uh, and then, you know, we're always trying to get more people over to our Patreon. Um, we will have some more content coming up on, you know, once we get to summertime. Um, I've got some things that I'm working on there uh, to get you guys some really good content, and 100% of that. Uh, goes to our nonprofit efforts of getting Star Wars books into classrooms across the country. This year, we were able to affect over 500 students, uh, which is, you know, that's a big deal when we live in the weird world of education that we do now. And that's all because of the support that we have from uh, Patreon and the people that support our fundraisers. So you can head over there. All those links will be in the show notes. And you can always, as always, find me at SithTalker25, talking all things Star Wars, comics, working out, and heavy metal. Guys, that will do it for Sith Talk under the Clashing Sabers podcast network. 
And for now, may the force be with you. like you're done talking Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple levels. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. Sith talk, all the Clashing Sabers network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place. Now, get out of the way, I got paying customers to get you. Jedi business, go back to your drinks.